myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words then maybe Hi, welcome along to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It is uh, a pre-recorded show tonight. We pre-recorded this on Wednesday, and uh, it's a big welcome to John and Supermac, as usual. How are you, lads? All right, thanks, Steve. Yes. Nice to hear from you, boys. Yeah, great to see you, lads. And um, it's not coming home, John. That's been the theme this week. Um, no. Unfortunately, once again, uh, the boys of 66 uh, are still the only uh, trophy winners uh, at international level. Um, a game so of two the game is, of two odds. Yeah, go on. The question is, Steve, for you two boys, I would like to turn it on its head. Will Newcastle United win a trophy before England? Oh, that's a great one. Yes, now, they will. I because think. I've been waiting for both, as you know, Steve. I've been <laughs> waiting for both since 66 and 69. Now, England's got to wait two years at least to win the Euros. Newcastle can win something this season, maybe, maybe. Who will win a trophy first, Newcastle or England? Newcastle for me, Mal. What about you? Yeah, I'll take Newcastle. I yeah. think Newcastle yeah. definitely. I yes, Newcastle. for sure. I mean, I hope so as well. And I you, hope you, so as well. Can't you feel it all brewing, though? I can with New. I can with Newcastle. Newcastle, I can't yes. England. Yes, yeah. Well... <laughs> You know, just watching England against France, do you know, it? the way the, the back four uh, and the midfield were playing, it reminded me of Newcastle under Steve Bruce. Dropping off so far and, uh, you know, that when I saw the 30-yarder go in, there were players um, that were deep inside their own penalty area, for heaven's sake, five of them. Five defenders all deep in the in the area, and I thought, oh no! And that's all because the, 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 uh, somebody, and I suspect it was Maguire, who 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 was causing the everything to drop off. Um, it, he's just frightened of pace, you know. And we had that same thing with Lascelles, didn't we? Mm-hmm. You know, Lascelles. Mm-hmm. He wanted people to come round and cover him, but he was dropping off at the same time. As people were trying to cover him, and uh, and in the end they were they finished up standing on the keeper's toes. I mean, yeah. hey, hey, listen, if we if if we get the right result against Bournemouth on Tuesday, yeah, we might we might win a, it. Will be in the last eight. We might we, win the league cup this season. Absolutely, never mind yeah. any longer. Every every chance because I don't think Newcastle have, uh, need to fear anybody. No, um, they don't. I mean, the one team I would like to avoid in the draw is Manchester City away in the League yes. Cup draw. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not saying I would fear them because we played terrific against them and we're 3-1 up, but I would like to avoid them. But them apart, I'm not too worried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What did you make too, of the England John. game, John? What did you make of the England game? Uh, I mean... I thought the referee was diabolical, but what I want to say on top of that is that I don't want to use that as an excuse for England not winning because that would be wrong. But I thought he was horrendous. And the idea that Michael Oliver is sent home 
at this stage of the World Cup before the semi-finals, and the in the American uh, the Brazilian referee was kept on. Uh, I couldn't believe. Uh, I mean, I really couldn't believe that. Um, so from that point of view, I was disappointed. We, I'm always left with the feeling, and maybe I'm being too harsh on Gareth. I mean, it, on paper, Gareth is the most successful England manager since Alf Ramsey, on paper, in terms of reaching the Euro finals, the World Cup semi-finals, and then the quarter-finals. But I keep getting the feeling, you know, every time we come up against the quality side, we go out. You know, we beat we beat people in the group stages, etc., etc. But we come up against fans and we go out. We come up against Italy and US and we go out. We, you know, when we get the quality sides, we lose and. Um, and it might be heroically, et cetera, et cetera. And we might have heartache, like Harry Kane missing a second penalty, et cetera, et cetera. But we seem to be in this rut where Newcastle United were in it, weren't they, until this new breath of fresh air has come along with Eddie and new owners and new players. And you can believe in this Newcastle side now. I, I mean, I said prior to us playing France, that I worried about France, you know, when I was talking on the night, because, not because I was worried about France, but I was worried about England. When yeah. we play a, a quality side, we come up just short. And we do that regularly, guys. Yeah, mm. yeah we do, Malcolm. Yeah. Uh, we do come up short, sadly, and, um, yeah, we, you know, it's we back do. to the drone board. Yeah, and... and... Like I said, I, 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 uh, I, I've, I've seen a huge amount of praise for, for Maguire's performances. But as soon as you put somebody up against him who, who, whose speed is, is a threat, hmm. Maguire goes to pieces. Um, and, and, and so at, at this, playing at this level, you, you, if you have one player like that in your side... Who's, who's nervous, who's worried, you'll get beat because you know that he will make mistakes. You know that he'll take up the wrong positions. And by heavens, he he, he did it. You know, I, John, I know you read the Daily Mail. Do you get the mail on Sunday as well? Yeah, yeah. There is a great photograph of, um, of Chumaini's um, goal. And he's on the very right-hand side of the photo striking the shot that went in and there are there are five england defenders in the box actually in the box he's 12 yards outside of it yeah why aren't they on the edge of the box and looking to charge him down for heaven's sake and it's and for me it's because maguire is dropping off all too early because he's worried about the pace of the guy that he was up against. Um, and and so we've got players in between the six-yard box and the penalty spot when the fellow's 30 yards out of goal. Yeah, it was played back to him, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, what, one of the other things that bothered me, Malcolm, and, you know, and you as a fan, Steve, when you're thinking about it, I mean, <laughs> when the game had to be changed, 
I'm not disputing necessarily the starting lineup. Everything's debatable, of course it is. But I just had a feeling that when we needed lifting, when we needed the game to be changed, there was people like Grealish in, in Madison, Madison for guns on the bench. They were never brought on. They might have changed he, he the game. He the whole tournament, did he? No, they've got that little bit of unpredictability. They might have yes. just changed the pattern of the game. Madison, yeah. I mean, Grealish must have been used for about eight minutes in the whole tournament. Madison never got a sniff in yeah. the whole tournament. And there was a big fuss about whether to take him or not. You would think, I wouldn't have expected him to start having not been selected and only having one cap. And there was a great reluctance of Gareth to take him. I think Gareth was almost forced into taking him by public opinion in the way that Revy was with you, Malcolm, with England. You know, yeah. when he said public opinion has got you picked, Malcolm. But yes, that's it. right. I thought Madison was picked on public opinion. And he never got on. When we needed mm -hmm. to change things, he might have... And he was in red-hot form in a very average team at Leicester. He's in red-hot form at Leicester in a very yeah. average team. I thought he might have been used as a sub. I thought Grealish might have been used as a sub. We tend, as we tend with sub guys, to do like for like, don't we? We put on like for like. We don't actually change the pattern. If things, you know, we'll put on a right back for a right back and a centre forward for a centre forward. We don't put on somebody that's got a little bit different. When they're picking and it's all over, I don't want to be too harsh on Southgate or on, or on England, but I was left a bit frustrated. Yeah, mm. well, I was more than frustrated. I, I, uh, I, I felt really let down by, by the way that England used their tactics against France. Um, it... Uh, it, you didn't see France knocking it across the back. England would constantly, it went back and forth from right to left, all at the back with with 11 French players in between them and the French, in between the English back four and, uh, and, and the French goal. Nobody was, nobody was pushing the situation. And this has been the big difference with Newcastle. In, in the way that Eddie Howe has got the tactics constructed with us, with the team, that that push right up, that squeezes onto the midfield, who can push forward, and that squeezes onto the forwards, who can really get into the back four, uh, uh, the opposing back four. Um, but as soon as you drop off, um, you, you, you get big spaces between the back line and the middle line. And so the midfield players feel um, that they have to go back and, and link up with the back four. And so they're, they're playing the game 80 yards from the opposition goal. Mm -hmm. and, it, it, and it's all too much, absolutely too much. Harry Kane, he was playing one up front and... There were times in the game when England got possession and there wasn't anyone within 60 yards of Harry Kane. And and yet the French, they were they just kept squeezing and pushing and they and, and they stayed so organized, all in a compact shape. We've also got to remember, Malcolm, we've also got to remember that that French team was missing about five or six of their yes. top stars. 
yeah. mean, the centre forward that plays in that plays in uh, Real Madrid. Uh, he mm. was out. Pogba was out. There was there was several players of their side missing. And if you're taking, say, four players out the England side, like um, you know, like Kane, Foden, Saka, you know. Where would we have been? Um, you well, know, you it, it was in a, John, in a way it was put, the time to play them. You could have put Wilson up front because I don't think that Kane had a had a good competition tournament. No, that's all. He really didn't, um, and and that's the time to bring Madison uh, in, in, into the uh, an attacking midfield role, um, Grealish out wide, and. I, I, and I, I felt fr from the word go before a game was played that with those first three games, all, um, you know, three games in a week, that that it it wouldn't have hurt for England in, in those first two games to play one side in the first game and play all the other players because it's two, the, the squad is two to every position. So yeah. that so that uh, in in the intense heat um, that that they they were experiencing over there, then it gives a, a full recovery time of of, of of a whole week for each of the players. Uh, uh, but any anyway, I get more excited about looking forward to Newcastle United than looking back to England. Come last on, game. you Geordies, get last the old game. mags back in action <laughs> and let's get amongst them. We've had six wins on the trot, Newcastle, including the penalty shootout, because that was a win in the League Cup. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't be playing on Tuesday night. Six wins on the trot. Normal service about to be resumed on Tuesday when Bournemouth come, because Saturday's a friendly and we needed to get fit and put in the great light of day. It doesn't count. It starts on Tuesday and then Boxing Day with Leicester. And I'm genuinely looking forward to that, aren't you, sure. Steve? I am, but the last question I'm going to ask you about England is, Gareth Southgate, John, um, yeah. does he stay or does he go? Terrific, terrific, um, terrific question. Uh, a lot of, uh, all the press, all the national press, and it's quite interesting this, isn't it? All the national press of clamouring, every top writer I've seen is clamouring for him to stay. And it, it's quite amazing how it's all of them. I think fans are much more divided. I've got to say that um, I have felt that his body language of late, and I don't mean after they were knocked out of the World Cup, I'm talking about during the World Cup and immediately before the World Cup, his body language told me that he was almost fatally hurt uh, beneath the waterline, you know, and that um, his heart wasn't in it to the extent that it was. And he did sort of indicate that he still can't get over the shock of being booed at Wolves. Remember when England played at Wolves in yeah. the friendlies and he, yeah. got, he got hammered by the crowd? I think they lost to Hungary or something, didn't they? And he got hammered by the crowd. And he said, and if he's, I mean, there is a case for saying keep him till after the Euros because A, it's only 18 months, two years away. Uh, his contract expires then. So that would be the end of it. 
um, you know, so let him run to then because it's very quick to get a new manager in and turn it all round and go and win the Euros. Two years, no space of time whatsoever. But it wouldn't kill me if he left. Um, I think he's a nearly man. And it sounds terribly harsh, but I think he's a nearly man. Mm. You know, where, where you nearly win something. Yeah. And you nearly win something. And then you nearly win something. And then you wake up and you find you've won actually now and all that time. Same question to you, the Malt. Does he stay or does he go? He's, he's made murmurings this week that he's a conflict with himself. So even he's having second thoughts. Yeah, I, I've got a feeling that uh, that over the next couple of months, he, he, he may well resign. Um, I think maybe he's had enough of it. Uh, and he'd be very disappointed with himself. Um, and, and I think he's, that's every right um, to be so. Because uh, I, not- I know we had a terrific start winning, you know, scoring six. In in that first game, um, but there there was an awful lot that left question marks. I felt, um, and and as we sort of progressed uh, uh, and sort of found ourselves against slightly better sides, you know, in the in the second um, uh, group stage, the second match of the group stage, um, it, it it was getting tougher. And, and then tougher again in the group stage. And, uh, and, I, and I just felt that we, we were very, very good against weak sides. But when it came to, uh, when it, when it came to a really decent side, we were too nervous. And that, that really concerns me. For heaven's sake, why were England nervous going out against France? Because, and and they really did look nervy. They looked worried. They looked concerned. Um, and I thought, hey, come on, just get the ball and go and play. For heaven's sake, you you're the top scorers so far um, in 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 the, in the competition. Um, get it. I just forward. feel, you know, I feel Malcolm. When you look back on that. You can hardly ever call Gareth happy-go-lucky because he's not that type of personality. But when you remember the guy in the waistcoat on the touchline when he was wearing the famous waistcoat all the time, and he was full of bounce and positivity about himself and about the team. He doesn't look a happy bunny, and I don't mean when they went out. I mean, he just didn't look a happy bunny at all. It's like not it's in anything, not, not during training, not on the sidelines during when matches. When he talked to the not, press. When he talks to the press. Absolutely, John. I couldn't agree more. He, he didn't look a happy bunny where he was no. once a happy bunny. And if it's bothering him that much, bless him, put him himself out of the agony of it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that he will either go, if he's, certainly the FA won't get rid of him, he'll either go of his own accord now or I think he'll go in two years' time after the Euros. I think he's living on borrowed time now. Well, it's not if, if, if he's going to do that, in all... No, I just all, meant we don't win. Now the is the time match. to go. You know, he doesn't win the Euros, so he goes. Uh, it, if if he stays on, I still think his shelf life wouldn't last beyond the Euros. Mm. Because we would have to win the Euros, wouldn't we? 
just stay on. Yeah. You'd have to win. And yeah. Are we going to win the Euros if we play France again? If we play any <laughs> of the other big hitting countries? If we play Croatia, for goodness sake, if we play any, will we win the Euros? Um, it's not an yeah. easy ask. And, you know, it's there's going to be a change. If it's not now, it's going to be very shortly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree, lads. Okay, um, as this is a pre-record, we only know one of the finalists at the moment, Argentina. Of course, France play Morocco today, which is Wednesday, but this is not going out on Thursday. So, just just a prediction, I guess, lads. Um, you know, from 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 yourselves, is this going to be Argentina's year, or do you think? I, I mean, I would assume. You know, it's a hard, it's it's a tough thing to do, but Morocco have had a really good run. I would imagine France would get through to the final. I, I would yeah. be very surprised if they didn't. But who, who's who's your money on, John? First, first up, um, out of I, those three teams, you know, would, yeah. would you say would you say it's Argentina and Messi's year? Well, I mean, it seems to be written in the stars that it's going to be Messi's year because uh, it's the first World Cup after Diego died, Diego Maradona. It's the last chance for Messi, who has been the greatest player in the world. At times, Ronaldo's challenged him on that, but and he hasn't won the World Cup. Um, I know Ronaldo hasn't either, but with Argentina, he always felt they had more of a chance of winning um, the World Cup than Portugal. Uh, I think in lots of ways it's written in the stars. He ran the semi-final, didn't he? Uh, I mean, Messi ran the semi-final. He's run totally into form. They've got to the semi-final. They've got the best support in the tournament outside of Morocco, who's every neutral's love, because isn't it a fairy tale? But, um, I, I, you know, and it could be, if France get the final, it could be the world's greatest player, Messi, against the heir apparent, Mbappé. Um, but I... I wouldn't mind. There's a lot not to like about Argentina because there's even going back to 1966 when Al Ramsey <laughs> nailed them as, as animals were doing the competition when we won it. There's a lot not to like, but Messi is also a lot to like. Yes, Messi and, is and, a lovely player uh, and a lot to like. And I wouldn't be too disjoked now England out of it to see him win his World Cup. <laughs> It wouldn't break my heart. Yeah, and the uh, the the chief culprit in that Argentinian side was a fellow called Ratan. Oh yes, yes, yeah. totally yes. In oh, in the '66, if, if it moved, he kicked it. And <laughs> ironically, over the top on it. <laughs> oh, ironically, Malcolm, total piece of trivia. When our mate Berkey went out there to sign Ardiles. And Ricky Villa, who were the two yes. World Cup winners yes. with Argentina, that broke the mould when they come to England. Who mm. was the man out there that he met at the airport and set it all up for him? It was Ratten, the guy, the guy from '66 who was. Who was went, it really? Aye, the guy Burton <laughs> met out there when he got off the plane to go and sign our dealers and Ricky Villa was Ratten, the fella that. It, uh, yeah. The, the it's a small old world, isn't it? It's a small old world. Absolutely the same guy who was the original animal. In, yes. in fact, he was more of an animal than Eric Burden. 
<laughs> okay, lads, it's halfway through the show. We'll have an ad break and we'll be back after this. A big thanks to all our sponsors. First off, Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD hemp and cannabinoid specialists. You can find them at thegohd.com. And thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources. They are handmade in Cumbria. And you can find more information out on their website, mrvickys.co.uk. And if you want to order any, email info at mrvickys.co.uk or telephone 01768 210102. Big thanks to Blowhole Brewery, a new beer uh, made on Tyneside. The cans are all designed in the colours of Newcastle United strips from days gone by. Black and white there, the purple and blue and the good old-fashioned blue from the entertainer's days. I forget. More information on the Blowhole Brewery range, such as Geordie Juice from blowholebrewery.co.uk. Thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the technical side of things and video side of things. And thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle, and the guys who do our website, nufcmatters.com. If you want to subscribe to the show, then all you need to do is click the subscribe button below. You can also hit the thumb up, which does us a favour, by liking the video and click share to share to your social media such as Twitter and Facebook. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify and the rest. And if you want to contribute to the show, use the QR code. It takes you straight to the membership pack and you can join the channel. What do you get for your membership pack? You get a scarf, a cup, a pen and a membership card and entry into the monthly draw. You can also make a donation by hitting the dollar sign in the chat tonight. We also give you something for free if you subscribe to the show. To get your car sticker, email john at nufcmatters.com and he will post you one out. We also support the food bank on this show. And if you want to make a virtual donation to the food bank, then go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. On our website, we've got lots of T-shirts, cups, pens, you name it, memorabilia, if you want to buy it and support the show. For Christmas, we have the Bruno Christmas Jumper which is selling rather well. And we'll have the bobble hats. Play like Almiron, Bruno's Magic, and Bruno's 39, and Joe Linton's J7. Get yourself to nufcmatters.com to buy them today. If you want to buy people a ticket for one of our events next year, we've got an evening with Steve Howie, which is Friday the 24th of February at the Tyneside Irish Centre. Tickets are £50 from nufcmatters.com or newcastlelegends.com. And you can also buy them on Woucher before Christmas. Get somebody a bargain and a nice Christmas present. Peter Beardsley is on on the 10th of February at St. Dom's Catholic Club in Newcastle. Tickets available direct from the venue. And for this one, Friday the 2nd of June next year at the Grand Hotel in Gosforth, 6.30 start. An evening with Rob Lee, Lee Clark and John Beresford. To book tickets, contact Natalie at Heal and Tour. .org.uk or visit their website healandtour.org.uk forward slash events if you're looking for a Christmas present and people like a book then get yourself NME from the Bender Squad to the Gremlins or the last remaining copies of Black or White No Grey Areas Lee Clark's autobiography and you can get them from www.badboysbooks.com 
www.newcastleunited.net. And guys, Newcastle United have won a trophy since we last spoke, uh, John. Um, Al Hilal, of course, um, yes. across yes. in Saudi, a, a good, a good exercise for for Newcastle going out there on the commercial front, on the uh, you know, uh, you know, on on all different fronts. But to get out there, play a game of football, uh, give a few players a run out, uh, coming away five nil, a bit of a, a bit of silverware as well. Thirty uh, odd fans going out there to uh, you know to to meet the owners, to meet the manager, to meet some of the players. Uh, all round, a good PR exercise, John, and a good run out as well. Yeah, it was both of those things. I don't want to talk too much about the the trophy because we've uh, have hammered us winning um, against Cocky Leaky Juniors to, <laughs> on on corners taken to get the Northumberland Senior Cup or whatever. So we'll forget about the trophy. But it was a terrific exercise in PR. It was good to get warm weather tr- uh, training, and if you play, you want to win, even if it's if it's a meaningless game. They won five nil. They ought to win five nil, so that's good, uh, and that's what you want to see happen. You don't want to see it one one, which it would have been in the old days, etc. Um, etc. Et you want to continue to to do the right things, but I mean. I'm looking forward, and we don't know when this is going to happen because we're starting with a game on Tuesday, which is the League Cup, which on team selection, we never automatically go with our strongest side in these competitions. Normally, we tend to rest players and and play other players, etc., etc., etc. So we don't know what sort of team is going to be out on Tuesday. But then we go Boxing Day to Leicester, then we're home to Leeds and then we'll go to Arsenal in a home dinger to welcome in the new year. What a first game of the new year that is. Arsenal v Newcastle currently one and three in the in the table, which is which is fabulous. But I'm just looking forward to all our five World Cup players coming back into the side. And I'm not suggesting it's going to be Tuesday at all, because it won't be. But quickly to get those five back in and to get the three people that were injured prior to the the, the cold snap, uh, which is uh, Isaac, Shelby and Maxi, to see them ready to start and buzzing as well. So we've got a full squad with our five World Cup players, plus those three coming straight back into the melting pot and the players we already had before the January transfer window. And and then that's good crack, isn't it? If we can get that going, um, and, you know, we don't know who's going to be available on Tuesday night, for goodness sake. I mean, we won't know until an hour before the kickoff when the team sheet's put out as to any of the five going to play from the World Cup. Um, you would think that Maxi or Shelby may well start. I don't think Isaac will start on Tuesday night. But we need if we can get those three back and the five pretty quickly when we're playing the league games, then we're cooking. Cooking on gas. Yeah, 
Mal, it's um, you know it was a good exercise out in you know out there. We've we've spoken before about how different this regime is to the last one. And um, Steve Hasty, Neil Mitchell, of course, and and Stu Penman, who uh, are regulars on this channel, uh, were out there. Uh, got a chance to meet the owners as well. Came you know came on the show on Friday night and said how well it had gone and how you know how impressed they were. Um, you know the, the club continuing to, to make great strides on and off the pitch. Sure and. Uh... Uh, the board were more than happy, weren't they, to integrate with, with the, the supporters that uh, took the trouble to get over there. And, and I think that, um, that they talk really constructively from what I understand um, and, and, and gave supporters a, a much better understanding of, 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 of what the future holds. You know, and what a change from the last 15 years, for heaven's sake, where... Um, uh, um, Ashley just had no interest whatsoever in, in having a chat with supporters and uh, letting them know what the situation was. And uh, I, 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 and if if supporters can can be made to feel that positive, imagine what's actually going on in the dressing room. You know, we can see the positivity that's coming out of it. Um, uh, uh, but it, it must be absolutely fabulous to be in the dressing room, out on the pitch, playing for Newcastle. Uh, uh, for, you know, the, the players must feel so exhilarated just putting a black and white shirt on these days. Yeah, it's fan it's fantastic. It's an amazing time to be a, a Newcastle United supporter, um, and uh, you know, long may it continue. As John says, looking yeah. forward to the games um, kicking off. Um, you know, the, the the fact that England, you know, exited the World Cup. Of course, we've already pointed to that uh, earlier in the show. Brazil, of course, not getting to the final. It, it does mean our players are coming back, John. Um, it's just a case, like you mentioned earlier, of, of you know, they won't play in the friendly. We know that, but it's a case of no. essentially getting no. these players fit and ready. If not for Bournemouth, certainly for the next league game, and I, and I'm you know that that's that's the positive, isn't it? Yeah, without a shadow of doubt. I think obviously you've got to bear in mind the, the the five players on World Cup were not only training every day, but they had the intensity and the pressure of playing in the World Cup and a knockout competition and all that. So it may well be that they would be given a few days respite once they returned here before they come back into training, just to give them time with their families, having been away for a while, etc., etc., etc. That will happen. I think there's absolutely no chance of the friendly. That doesn't matter. If the friendly isn't for them, they've been training out there, the five guys. They don't need a friendly. They need a rest instead of the friendly. The, the friendlies for the guys that have already been here. But we want to get those five because the five key members, the three England guys plus Bruno and Shaw, are five key members of the side that's gone third top. So, you know, ideally, by the time we go to Leicester on Boxing Day, we want everybody available. We want all the five available plus uh, Maxi and Shelby and, if possible, Isaac, at least on the bench, able to come off the bench and get a few minutes. We want them back. Because once we hit the new year with a heck of a game, 
at Arsenal. What a game that is. And then it's non-stop, yeah. non-stop. The FA Cup comes into it. Hopefully the League Cup is still in it. It's the big end of the season. So we want all hands on board. And if all hands on board, regardless of any help we might or might not get in the January transfer window, we're in a, health, we're in a healthy state. There's no question about that. We're in a healthy state. Yeah, we certainly are, um, you know, Mal, and, you know, getting these players back in. Um, they'll have a bit between their teeth. I saw Bruno's uh, post on Instagram essentially saying that, you know, he's, you know, he's bitterly disappointed about Brazil getting knocked out of the World Cup. Um, he wants to put it right in four years' time. And to do that, he knows he's got to play to his best of his abilities, you know, for, for, for Newcastle. That, that can only be good news for Newcastle. Yeah, <clears throat> I think so. You know, considering that, uh, England and, and, and Brazil disappointingly came out of the competition, and 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 I would I would imagine that the players on their return they'll be rubbing their hands and uh, and can't wait to get out on the field and start playing again um, for the club, uh, and, and so I think that the way the World Cup has worked out in terms of Newcastle United, I think it's gone very much in in, in the club's favour. I really do. Yeah, yeah, massively, massively in our favour. It's uh, it is fantastic. The Bournemouth Cup game then comes up uh, first, John. Um, that's probably the biggest game of the season so far, isn't it? Oh, I mean, it, it, it's huge. It's huge on so many fronts. First of all, we can genuinely win the League Cup this season, and if you don't believe that, anyone. You've just got to go have a look at the draw. We've, remember what the eight games are uh, that are there. And there's three teams stand out apart from ourselves, and that's Man United, Man City and Liverpool. Now, Man City and Liverpool play each other. So one of them goes. So you can have, say, Man City, Man United and Newcastle. And with respect to everybody else, and that can be Brighton there, and that can be Wolves there, etc., 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 that is a real opportunity to, to win this trophy because already Arsenal's gone, Chelsea's gone, Spurs have gone. This is an opportunity. Now, we want to win on Tuesday night because it is an opportunity to win a trophy. And I accept that the League Cup is not the FA Cup and is certainly not the Premier League and is not the Champions League, but it's a significant domestic cup that we have never in 130 years have won it, never won the League Cup. So that's the first reason why I want to win. The second reason why we want to win is having had something like six weeks off and having had six wins on the trot before we stopped playing and now our third top of the league, we don't want to come home in our first game after a six weeks absence and lose. Because we can't draw, you've got to win or lose because there's penalties. That's it. You can't draw. So if we don't win, we lose. We don't want to come back from this because it's going to drop the mood a little bit, guys, isn't it? If we lose to, to, to Bournemouth on Tuesday, it's going to drop the mood a little bit for going to Leicester. Because you're going to think, oh dear, was that is this a reality check? And we're not up to continuing what we did early in the season, etc. You want to win, so you set the mood again. Because it's a mood setter Tuesday. 
Tuesday is a mood setter. It either puts us back right on top because we've won and, and we feel great again, or we think, oh, dearie me, we could have done without the break. The break stopped it and everything's broken up. So we need to win. We need to win the game because it's a mood setter and because we're back to where we were and we need to win because it's it's in a competition we can win. And it's not the first round of this competition. We're in the last eight if we win this. Yeah. Malcolm, big, big game. Yes. Um, just a question for you guys. Who would you rather Newcastle faced, Man City or Liverpool? Oh, what a question. In, in, the, in the League Cup? Yes. Liverpool. I'd rather face anybody but Man City. Man okay. City would be the last team yeah. I'd want to face. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm it's not a question. Them, but... It's a great question because we've played both of them already. And I was yes. at both games, and I was I, at the home, I, the home game feel, against Man City. Right, I just feel that the the Newcastle players they they would want to get their own back on Liverpool. What happened yeah. over there at Anfield in that game, I, which I thought was the nearest to referee cheating that I've ever come across. Mm. And I, I mean, and I think. Liverpool this season, and they might come strong again in the second half of the season, of course they might, are still a good side. But they're not the side they were 12 months back or, no. or two years back. City are the side they were still. Um, so, you know, um, John, I I, I, Arsenal's, Arsenal's now more more like the Liverpool of a year ago, the current Arsenal. Yes, yes. You know, and yeah, I would okay. rather feel... If I drew Liverpool at home in the next round because they've beaten City, I would say, oh, I could have done with an easier side. But I wouldn't be scared. I wouldn't want to draw Manchester yeah. City away in the next round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, <laughs> when Newcastle were 3-1 up and Manchester City, they sort of took that big, deep breath and they and they started they came to come again, out. didn't it? The... the it was 15 or 20 minutes of football from them. It was sheer oh, brilliance. And we've got, brilliance. We've got to remember, Malcolm, as well, that Haaland, uh, who has been rested throughout the World Cup yeah. because no, he didn't. Uh, he might be just ready to start uh, belting in the goals and yes. looking at Shearer's records and Harry Kane and all these people. Because then he must be itching to go, having been not part of the World Cup finals, mustn't he? Yes. Oh, isn't he? Yeah. And uh, he, he, he is some uh, he's, he is some class act. Oh. But the way that the Newcastle back line are playing, I, I wouldn't be overly concerned. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I would like to face Liverpool. I've got to be honest. I think, yeah. and I think, yeah, yeah. The, I think the motivation yeah. will be there. Disjointed. Yeah, I would prefer to field Liverpool. And yeah. you know, we say Man City and well, backline is exceptional. Well, I mean, it's officially the meanest in the in the Premier League. Yes. But what is a warning to me, guys, about that? It's we've got the meanest back four, back five with the keeper, whole team, if you like. In the Premier League, but City still scored three against us up here, up here. Yeah. So, so they still scored. Think of our record. What it would be goals against if you could wipe those three out in one game. Mm. 
Oh, blimey, it'd be sensational, wouldn't it? <laughs> wouldn't they still yeah. scored three against us up here, mean defence or not. They still <laughs> scored three against us. And I don't want to face Holland anytime soon, thank you very much. I, I would prefer not to do that. We've got to beat Bournemouth, though. Uh, that's, that's the that's game. The first, that's, Stephen, that's the first thing, mate. We're yeah. already talking about marching on, on Europe and all sorts and, of things. And I, I see that they do. And we struggled to beat Palace. Yeah. In and the I, last round, we're struggling right, to beat Palace. And I see Bournemouth have just been bought out by an American. Yeah, yeah they have. They have, yes. Another but one. they haven't had time to do out yet with the club. Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, uh, the results have got a bit better, haven't they, under the caretaker manager who's now got the job permanently. The results have improved, haven't they? The yeah. caretaker manager, O'Neill has is, is, is got a few results. And... Um, yeah. It won't be easy, but you see, Palace in Palace and um, Bournemouth have been a jinx to us up here this season, haven't they? In September, they were back-to-back, not not and 1-1. Then Palace come up again, was another not not, And now Bournemouth's up again. Yeah, and but that was here's a question. To it. Here's a question, guys. Yeah. If, when we... Had the two games with Palace and Bournemouth and um, and only got two back-to-back draws. Wilson didn't play because he was injured. When when we had the League Cup tie, Wilson didn't play because he was left out when it went to another note-note and to penalties. On Tuesday night, bearing in mind we don't know what the team's going to be, Maybe Wilson won't play. I suspect that he won't. He'll be kept for Boxing Day. Who's going to score the goals to put us through on Tuesday night if Wilson doesn't play? Who's going to score? Is it going to be Miggy if he plays? Is it going to be Miggy? Is it going to be Elliot Anderson? Is it going to be Maxi? Is it going to be Chris Wood? Who's going to score the goals to put us through on Tuesday night if, if Wilson is rested? Go on, yeah. I'm asking you, Steve. Who's I, I genuinely, I genuinely think that we've got goals all over that pitch. I think Miggy, Miggy will continue in the same vein yeah. he, he did in the friendly. Um, I think ASM has got a big point to prove in the second half of the season, um, and I also feel, you know, potentially Chris Wood can do the business against Bournemouth. So I, I think we'll, I think we'll, I think we'll win, and I think we'll, I think it'll be a comprehensive win. I think the confidence will be there, you know, after that trip away and. I'm going to go 3-0, John. Oh, I love that. I really do love that. Because against Palace, you've got to remember, when Wilson was out the League Cup against Palace, I was convinced we'd win in ordinary time against Palace. And it was not-not. Yeah. And it was not-not and we needed penalties. So we've got to... I think we'll be we'll win. I think, like Steve, I mean, I mightn't take 3-0. It's because I don't know what team they're going to put out. I mean, a lot of it... It yeah. does depend, guys, on what team we start with, doesn't it? You well, know, we're not going to have... Isaac's not going to be fit. Um, you know, no. he's, 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 Wilson he's, probably he's... won't play. Wilson Maxi probably, probably won't. will. Shelby probably will. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know. But I think we'll win. I would probably think 2-0 without knowing the side that he's going to put out. But I, I do think we'll win. But we have to find somebody to score goals because... Um, when we drew with them, if you remember, it was an Isaac penalty. We were worn down the ball now uh, yes, in the league, right. and Isaac equalised with a penalty. That was his last game he played for us before. And he was it was well deserved on Bournemouth's part, John. 
Sorry? being in the lead. Hmm? It was well deserved on Bournemouth's part. Well, yes, yeah. So I mean, I don't, I, I don't think they'll make it easy for us. But no, uh, they won't. I mean, if we were, if this was a league game, Steve, if this was a league game with Bournemouth, you know, if we hadn't played, if this was a league game, so I knew we were going to put out our best side, I would say we'll win three nil. Mm. But it depends what side we put out. Right, but I, I think it's a, a, a massive test for St Maximin. It's a, and it's a wonderful opportunity at the same time. Yes, and it is. I just hope that he, he learnt and understood why Mbappe was the first choice and St Maximin never got a look in. Because Mbappe is just so positive in everything that he does. Uh, he doesn't run into blind alleys or anything like that. Everything is geared towards making a goal or scoring a goal. And if St Maximin can learn and understand that, mm -hmm. then he will be twice the player that he is now. Definitely a change in his attitude, I think, is 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 evident. And I think he's in the in the last games that I've seen him play, I, I think he's he certainly think more about his teammates, John. Yeah, well, I think this is his big, big chance. Um, mm. And I'm talking about Tuesday night, really, because I'm convinced while we don't know the team, I'm convinced he'll start because he needs to start. And then he is our main hope, bearing in mind the team will not be 100% at strength. There might be no Bruno, there might be no Trippier or, or whatever. And um, so I think this Tuesday night could be the platform to set Maxi off. And I yes. certainly hope so. And if he's got any sense, and I think he has, I don't think he's a daft lad whatsoever. If he's got any sense, he knows this is it. Newcastle are on the up and up. He's been out injured. Don't forget what he did to Kyle Walker. Yeah. That, that was only his second last game that he started. Uh if he produces that, he's a proper player, man. Let yeah. him go out on Tuesday night and look like that man. Um, and, oh, and he yeah. can't do it. He did it against Man City, the best side in the country. Yeah. And, but Kyle Walker, he he did so much better against Mbappe than he did against uh, St Maximus. <laughs> yes, he did. He did. Uh, Mbappe is twice a player, as you said, Malcolm, but yes, he did. Mind, he couldn't have done much worse than he did against Maxi because yeah. if he was like a corkscrew, if he turned around anymore, he oh. would have driven himself into the turf. Yeah. He didn't know if he was coming or going against Maxi. Um, <laughs> so I'm looking 2 0 in Maxi to be on the score sheet against Bournemouth. Prediction from you, Mal, for that game? Um, I. I it's always difficult after such a break as this mm. um, in the middle of the season um, to get started again, to pick up where you left off. Um, but nevertheless, uh, I'm, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go two one uh, to Newcastle and, that, uh, and look forward to the draw um, the next day. That'll do for me, pal. That'll do for me. 
Yeah, definitely do for me as well. Uh, Isaac is obviously continuing his, his re- recuperation, uh, John. Um, I think a lot of us expected him to probably feature out in Saudi. But again, you know, Newcastle aren't the Newcastle of old. We don't rush players back now until they are ready to play. And that's great, isn't it? Uh, that is absolutely correct. I wouldn't expect him to feature really in the friendly on Saturday either. I think the first possible... If I had to be a betting man, I would expect his first involvement to be off the bench at Leicester on Boxing Day. Although he could come off the bench against Bournemouth. But I've got a suspicion it could be off the bench against Leicester on Boxing Day when he comes back. And that's fine. Let us keep faith. We've got third top without him. It'll be wonderful to have him back, but only wonderful if he's firing on all cylinders and therefore he oughtn't to be rushed. It's been a bad injury. He's been out a long time. We've got to bear that in mind. Um, And he owes it to himself. I mean, Eddie Howe won't let him come back till he's right. But he owes it to himself, doesn't he? He's still got his reputation to make at Newcastle because he's only played three games. Yeah. He's got two goals, but he's only played three games. So he's still got his reputation to make. He doesn't want to come here as a £60 million player and be half fit. He's got to come out with all guns blazing and make an impression on his public. And therefore, I want him to be 100% fit. And if that means waiting a couple of games longer than we hoped for, so be it. And I like yep. that. Uh, I like that the manager has um, that he's not rushed Isaac in any way. He, he's wanting him to be absolutely fully fit, um, uh, no slip ups at all, um, and and it's the sensible way to go. I always remember when when I was down at Arsenal um, that the physio there, uh, Fred Street. He he was also the physio a bit later for England. For England, yeah. and he wrote a book. And he entitled it Fit for Saturday because that was the only question he was ever asked as the physio. Is he fit for Saturday? Is he fit for Saturday? Is he fit for Saturday? And there there was this intense pressure from managers for physios to get players into a fit position to go and play this singular game as if what happened afterwards wasn't important. Um, yeah. and, Even but if I, they weren't fit, Malcolm, now is quite different in his outlook, and he wants to know that every that the players that he's choosing from are a hundred percent fit. No chance is taken. Yeah. Because if, if you rush him back, Malcolm, in the breakdown, now for longer this time, now yeah. for longer, aren't they? You know that yes. that is the short sightedness of the whole thing. Absolutely, um, that's right. And and of course you 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 risk sort of creating long long term conditions um, absolutely injuries absolutely I'm I'm yeah. looking forward to when Eddie Howe is faced not when he's at first comes back because when he first comes back he'll come off the bench that's after a long time out that's the way he'll be reintroduced to the team he'll come off the bench I'm looking forward to when he gets up to speed having come off the bench two or three times, when when Eddie's got to pick his first side with Wilson and Isaac potentially in it. 
um, because that's going to be interesting because only Eddie knows how he'll utilise the two together, whether he's at a play wide, whether he'll play off the shoulder, with, uh, he'll not play two up front and because he won't risk that. It's going to be fascinating. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Indeed. Yeah. Great Snap. problem. Great problem to have. Okay, lads. Um, that hour has uh, has whizzed by as always. We've had our predictions for the for the Bournemouth game as well. Um, and uh, just a, a quick one about um the, the the Christmas period. Obviously, we always have a little bit of time off. So uh, Malcolm and John are going to uh, pre-record a, a wonderful show about Malcolm's uh, time wearing the white shirt of England. So that's a good one for you to watch over the Christmas period. And John's done his top ten sporting heroes, which is already premiered uh, up there for uh, for new. Year's Eve for everybody to uh, to enjoy. It's a cracking show that where John uh, waxes lyrical and tells us some great stories about some fantastic uh, sporting legends that he's had the pleasure to meet and interview uh, over uh, over the, the the last few decades. So great stuff to, to look forward to. And um, we've got one more show though to do next week. So I look forward to getting the lads' views uh, about the, uh, the the games that we'll have played since then. But uh, John Malcolm, thanks very much for joining us as always, and see you next week. Indeed. Look forward to it. Take care, guys. Merry Christmas.